Hey guys, it's been a while. Um, I've been doing school, I have been working, and I've been putting this off for a while. I know that every time I take a break, I say, hey, we're going to create more content. Um, but my goal this year is to be more intentional. So I didn't really do a lot of editing on this episode, but we have the great Dr. Mel on once again. And man, she is just dropping some knowledge bombs. We recorded this uh, beginning of the year, last year. So here we are, guys. I love you, and I hope you enjoy. All right. I finally found it. Not finally, but I was like, how do I turn off the record human voice? That's smart. I that's did. the first time I've seen that. I'm learning something new from you, Robert. Well, that's good. I do not like that sound. It always like <laughs> the Zoom lady. I wonder yeah. who recorded that. She probably got paid some money to record her voice. Right. Probably an ex-girlfriend. That's why I freak out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so what's up, Dr. Mel? Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Second offender. Second offender. <laughs> yes. <Or> defender. <laughs> right. You know, I, uh, when I first had John, I like didn't really know what you did. I didn't know, mm -hmm. like I knew kind of what you did. I kind of like, you know, we kind of knew each other, but then, uh, learning more about you and going to that emotional mastery workshop, um, learn a lot more than what you do than just chiropractic care so yes. you can probably explain it a lot better than i can so let's talk about like the type of work that you do like the emotional mastery workshop absolutely one thank you for coming out that was a commitment from you and commitment to yourself to fly all the way to minnesota and not really know what you're getting yourself into <laughs> Uh, so for the listeners, if anyone knows the type of work that, you know, Robert's referring to, it's called breakthrough methodology. And it stems from Dr. John Demartini, who was a chiropractor for a long, long time until he started recognizing that while working in the body is really powerful and working on the nervous system is really powerful. Oftentimes, if you're a human being living on the planet, as one of my mentors would say, this can be like a trauma-based learning center. Like you come to earth. And there's trauma. Guess what? Little T's, small T's, big T's. It happens. Things happen to us. And in the happening, oftentimes we can adopt beliefs and thoughts and emotions and patterns and perceptions around ourselves and project that onto and into other people. And that can serve us. And it can also inhibit us from living our fully authentic, aligned, value-inspired life. So through the breakthrough methodology coaching and facilitation that I do, it's really helping people come back to loving themselves just as they are. It's not therapy. It's not trying to fix the way you think. It's not trying to say that the way you think is wrong. It's rather offering different perceptions that maybe you didn't have access to when you experienced trauma or you experienced hardships. And I think in the self-development and personal development realm, there's this like, well, you got to do this thing. You got to think this way. It's like, but what if you could also learn that the way that you are 
is perfect just as you are and perhaps you're missing key components of who you are because you haven't perceived yourself in that way so the way i describe it to people is i'm supporting you and facilitating your consciousness and coming back to what works in your system and what you love about yourself can you hear me yeah can you hear me i didn't for like i don't know what happened but like it was like did i go into another dimension <laughs> right it was like fuzzy and it like was loud and i'm like what the how long do i need to repeat myself it was like maybe like right when i jumped yeah i saw you i was like so, oh something's up yeah <laughs> so however long that was because it scared the shit out of me it's a feedback loop so start wherever you want to start i'll edit it and figure it out <laughs> later so yeah so what i was sharing and i think right at the end when i popped in another dimension really it's the work is all about supporting you in your percep perceptions and how you think about yourself and the life that you're living not necessarily teaching you that you need to think differently but rather how to think about things differently and how to experience life differently and not live in this lens of trauma or there's something wrong with me or comparing ourselves to people but rather well, how can I learn to love, learn to love all parts of me, even the parts that sometimes I try to avoid and not put on social media, right? So it's a process of like coming back home to you. That's the way to describe it and having it be a little bit safer landing and more aligned journey in life. Yeah. And I like how you said what you said, like the self-development world, like goes, focuses on what you're broken and i don't like to think like i used to think like i'm gonna be broken all the way like but why can't i heal myself yeah like this you know i get new i get new skin cells uh my brain through neuroplasticity can heal itself change the thought patterns and behaviors of who i am so why can't i do that right like why do i always have to label myself as xyz when i really want to go abc yep exactly like, and I, one, after going to your workshop, like, and seeing and seeing like, okay, what really aligns with my values? And like, I've more set up my surroundings. Like I always try and set up my surroundings with what I value the most, but after being more conscious and subconscious about what I want in life after that workshop has really been aligned. Like, um, I've always been poor with boundaries and I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. And seeing what I want out of life. And like through that, um, and like to be honest, my shoulder doesn't hurt. So that's still like amazing. That's a whole nother thing. But having that trauma removed and looking at my values is just like completely. <sighs> I don't know what the word for it, but it's like I used to have like this so much weight like on my head and not so much on my chest that it's gone. Mm. Like, so that's cool. Anyways, that's uh, amazing, Robert. I know you're, I mean, this is your story to share and to speak to that, right? We can carry, we can carry this baggage around and it can show up physically. It can show up psychologically. It can show up in your relationships. It can show up in your family settings, in your ecology or your community. And when you actually can start to get aligned with who you are, 
all of a sudden, like physiology can change, emotionality can change, your mindset can change. And it it's like literal quantum alchemy healing, which is possible, but sometimes you got to go into it. And mm-hmm. that's what we did at the workshop that Robert is alluding to is like, all right, let's go into these things and actually look at it differently. So congratulations. I mean, you did the work. You you are your own healer. That's why I always try to tell people is I'm just a facilitator and maybe asking different questions. You can think about your life differently. Yeah. You know, I, like, I still curse, but I try not to curse as much. (laughs) And it was about that same time when I came back, I'm like, do I want this? No. And when I hear other people curse, it's like, ugh. but like, I still do it. And that's still something I have improve on. And like, I'm, probably still gonna curse but like it used to be like every other word really <laughs> yeah it was bad um your vocabulary is changing yeah i think i mean i think like words like that can serve but that's powerful when you can really look at oh am i just taking on a language pattern that maybe i heard from someone else and is that actually what i desire in life yeah i thought cursing was cool and like the gangster thing to do and now <laughs> I'm no gangster. I'm almost 30 years old. And <laughs> you're young. Yes, I am young, but just the stupid stuff I did when I was younger. Oh, we yeah, we could go into that. <laughs> right. Uh, all the stupid things that we do. Mm-hmm. So what you know, I know we talked about this last time, but for somebody who like, cause I'm like somebody like, I can't really trust people who haven't like walked a similar shit, like walked a similar path. And uh, I've gone to like LACs, I've gone to, you know, counselors. And I'm like, if you are just like a, somebody that wanted to like be a social worker and not really be, have walked in my shoes, I just don't listen to you. So this might be a loaded question, but why should people listen to you? <laughs> I think that's a great question. And I really agree with you. I, again, I don't think you have to necessarily like go through stuff to become a facilitator or a guide. And at the same time, because there's always a parallel universe, there's always an, a different perception accessible to us. I think it can be very powerful when you resonate with someone who has physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually gone through something similar and they've emerged on the other side. So for myself, I did not grow up with like being, you know, a healer and like wanting to be a chiropractor, wanting to be a coach. Like I did not have that. Um, my family experience was very different than a lot of my friends. There was a lot of instability. I experienced, you know, sexual abuse growing up as a kid from my babysitter. And I just had a lot of instability in my family household. So I had to learn how to become Mm self-reliant and resilient from trauma which can serve temporarily, eventually it becomes exhausting. So it wasn't until I started taking on my own healing power and really learning from people who have been there, mentors, as you said earlier, we were talking about self-development. I think it's important to have mentors, but I've walked the talk and I've talked the walk and I continue to do that. And I'm really all about just being human and real and raw and not putting myself on a pedestal and not putting on the white coat because I'm a doctor and I think I know everything, but staying curious about life as well as continuously doing my own inner work. Because as soon as you hit a threshold of breaking through something, 
oftentimes there's like another layer of curiosity that shows up in your leadership or in your values or in how you want to show up in the world because that's life, right? It's a balance of challenge and support. It's a balance of feeling expansive and feeling contracted. So you could say that life initiated me pretty early on um, and I chose to do something different. And thankfully it was through a rugby injury of my shoulder. Interestingly enough, shoulder, you know, similarities, resonance there that um, through that perceived trauma, I was guided and supported into entering chiropractic, which then led me into the type of coaching work that I do. And I still do my work every single week. Um, It doesn't end because I'm human. And when I say do the work, it's just really like coming back into alignment, you know, because we get distracted, we go into the world and maybe we forget our mission or like we get caught up in the chaos of the world. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's important to come back into alignment. And the more I do that, the more I can be adaptable in the daily life and therefore support my clients, support people at workshops because mm-hmm. I'm expanding my capacity so that I can lead others to do the same in their life. Cause I don't know about you, but I want to live in a world of conscious, aligned, powerful beings. Yes, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. <laughs> you talked about, you know, leadership. So if somebody's a leader and we're all leaders in our own world, you know, we're all role models of what to be and what not to be, but for the world leadership, most people look at, you know, positive influence mm-hmm. in charge action, somebody who's in that spot and going through a hard time. What have you seen has worked for somebody to like step back and really not so much focus on their internal stuff so they can focus on their external stuff and still represent being that leader if that makes sense mm. so as far as like being a leader what i've seen work for other people like in yeah. their leadership yes yeah i think so though i'm not coining this term but i am okay i think embodied leadership so you talk about like inner and outer world i think it's important again to have and draw inspiration from people who you perceive to be leaders Mm -hmm. as well as then ask yourself does that align with me and something that I teach my clients and people who learn who are embodying their own leadership is when you ask that question does this align with me does the way they're behaving does that thought believe you know do I align with that do I align with that emotion do I align with that action do I align with that perception how does your body respond And noticing that is what I am calling and deeming embodied leadership, because I think in the past we've seen leadership as like, I'm the president, I'm on the pedestal, I have power over you. And I'm seeing this flip, especially I think with our generation, millennials, where we want to and resonate with people who are walking it and embodying it in their cells, where they don't necessarily need a podium. They don't necessarily need like a huge podcast platform, although that can serve. It's more of what are you doing in your daily life and how are you being and walking in your daily life that other people around you feel inspired? So I think it's this dance. If I were to answer your question, it's this dance of like reviewing your external world, what's resonating, what's aligning, constantly asking that question. And then how can you find that, which is resonating out here in here? 
and then share that with the world. So I always imagine this like infinity symbol. It's like a dance. Mm -hmm. And I think just shifting your perception of leadership, right? Again, you don't need a podium. You don't need a pedestal. You don't need to run for president. You don't need to be Joe Rogan, like what we were talking about. It's literally your everyday life. And through that, you create a magnetism of people that just naturally are attracted to you. Mm. I don't know if that answered your question, but that just flowed through. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. I kind of like, I'm glad that we're recording this, but I kind of just want to put it on pause and resonate with what you just said. I'm sure as like the people you pot, you like interview, you want to like take it in. Yeah. You can put it on pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i really love that i really love that i just lost my train of thought it's um, okay you're letting it sink in yeah i knew anyways whatever i can edit it later so <laughs> or not you get to be perfect in your imperfection right yeah and that's like a touching on that like i never like i thought like just because i had a scar i wasn't perfect just because i had this damage i wasn't perfect just because i was raised this way i wasn't perfect but like now after working through that stuff like i don't need to be perfect i'm perfect just the way i am yes i heard this quote from my mentor and one of my mentors alok trevetti who also does this type of work he's on a different level than me not that i'm comparing but he's been doing this work much yeah, longer yeah. and he talked about how and like see if you can see and experience the perfection of the universe just as it is rather than having resentment at yourself for not being perfect the way the way you think you should be mm -hmm. and he obviously said it a lot more eloquently yeah. than that but essentially like seeing the perfectionism in the way things are and really like having gratitude for all of that, rather than like shaming yourself, guilting yourself, resenting who you are because you're not holding up to these perfectionistic expectations because it's an illusion. Perfectionism is an illusion and illusion and it's a trauma response. And I, I'm a recovering perfectionist hands down. Right. Yeah. You know, that, uh, you have a valid point on that one. A valid, valid point. We, like, who cares if it's perfect? Just do it. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Like, who cares? Everyone makes mistakes. Nike, I think, took that. Just do it. <laughs> and they profited hard off of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Well, I think that comes back to what you asked, Robert. I think you kind of answered your own question as the leader you are is, if we can see that the people we look up to or get inspired by have flaws, scars, imperfections, then I think it creates this level of humanness of like, oh, I can do it too. I have a past and I resonate with that story. I have these things that have happened and you do too. Wow. And look at like your work inspires me, you know? So like letting go of the facade of like how we think we should be and just be, be freaking real. I'm not swearing because now I'm cautious of, I gotta, <laughs> I, gotta I gotta resonate at your level. <laughs> I can respect that. <clears throat> oh, so talked about that, like being able to relate with people on their trauma, but how do you not like, 
I guess, how do you not trauma bond, but also mm-hmm. resonate with somebody's past? I am so glad that you brought that up because I was actually thinking that in the back of my mind to make sure that your listeners and audience understand that here's the difference. Trauma bonding, and I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist. This is just from from the perspective of a nervous system. Mm -hmm. Trauma bonding would be like, oh, you, you were molested too, so was I. Let's gang up on all the people who did this to us and like, essentially you're kind of playing the victim card with them mm-hmm. and you're not inviting them into another paradigm. So trauma bonding is like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. And like, let's just stay in this cocoon and like be people who were molested together. And like, we'll just, you know, bet like feed off of each other's yeah, parasitic yeah. energy. Right. And that's where you can get groups of people who are like still playing the victim. And they're like, screw the system or like fight, you know, and that's fine. It's important to have courageous energy, but at the same time, you're kind of still staying in that same paradigm. So another way it can look is having like the difference between sympathy and empathy and being able to be like, Hey, I understand. I see you like, and I know. So understanding is like, I understand that would be hard versus I know, cause I've gone through that. And I want you to know that it doesn't have to be that way. So almost like you meet them where they're at and like connect with them empathetically. And you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. It's like, Mm -hmm. that was the me too movement, right? And that's fine. Nothing against that, but it kept people in a victim state of consciousness. So if I were to approach it with you and not trauma bond and rather trauma acknowledge, I would say, hey, because language matters, right? And you, we've talked about that at the workshop, your language matters of what you're saying. Like, Hey, I, I know, I know what you've gone through and I want you to know it can be different because we don't want to emotionally or spiritually bypass someone who has been in trauma situations or gone through trauma. You want to empathize with the emotional intelligence. And then as you create that relationship, invite them into something different. Mm-hmm. And I would say I had a client who struggled with that, where the only people he was attracting was other people who had gone through the same thing, other women. And it was great because they had a form of connection, but then the same trauma patterns would show up in another form. And it's because he was still holding resentment towards his family members. So a lot of the times we'll keep attracting the same patterns in our life if we're still running the same programming and resentment and shame. And then that person shows up in our life to essentially try to teach us a lesson, but we're not conscious enough to get the lesson and like work through it and realize, oh, I realize this happened and that's like not who I am anymore. Right. So does that make sense? Did I, you know, it does, (laughs) it does like to me workshop, uh, it just kind of linked up that I started seeing this girl that is completely different than anyone I've ever dated ever. Um, and it's just like, after working through that, then she just like walked in, like literally walked into my life. Cause I'm like 2022, I'm not dating. I'm not doing anything like back, back away. <laughs> and then this girl walks into my life and she has nothing like a past like mine polar opposites and it's just it was weird how that happened yeah because i date me or versions of me of my past because i can relate trauma feel value 
feel like I'm good enough. And well, then that's a nightmare. So. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, to, I'm not going to share your story, but to speak to some of that on like a larger scale for your audience, when you shift your energy and your perception of yourself and learn to love those things that happened actually for you and who you became as a result, you literally change the neurochemistry, the physiology, and the biochemistry of your body that gives off a different vibration into the universe. So she walked into your life, perhaps there was a magnetism that happened. And it's interesting you share that. That's, I mean, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was (laughs) like so many things have happened since Minnesota in like a way. And then when I come, come, when I'm like all hectic and in my head and not being centered and not looking at my values, like I go back to old behavior or old thought patterns. And then when I can come back and breathe and actually let it sink in, it's like, Oh, wait, no, that's not actually my goals. Those are not my values. Like just because somebody, um, you know, wants a job or wants whatever, whatever there is, and they want me to buy into it. I just like, that's not mine. Like you can sell me on the idea and I really like it. And then I'm, convinced because of our conversation that that's what I wanted to do too. And then I take a step back and I'm in my own space again. I'm like, wait, no, I don't want to buy an ice cream truck. That's not, that's not what I want to be. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. But Uh, that's because, you know, through some of the work you've done, you know, your values and you know, what aligns with you. And when you're in your values and when I say you, not just Robert, but people listening, when you are operating in alignment with your values, and this is a lot of the work I coach on, you, your nervous system gives you a feedback loop of alignment. And when you're outside of your values, it will show up as physiology. So you're feeling shoulder pain and we kind of unwrapped what that kind of stemmed from. And then it can show up in your mental health and it just ripples out until eventually, instead of the universe tapping you on the shoulder, kind of gives you like a slap to the face because the universe spirit god whatever you want to call it like wants you to do well it wants you to like be aligned and it gives us really interesting cues and ways to like hey kind of out of alignment right now because being in alignment it's not that it feels good but it should feel safe and it should feel like a flow doesn't mean you don't deal with challenges but you start to perceive challenges like someone introducing an ice cream truck saying, oh, okay, I can play and dance in this and like be reminded of like, no, this is my mission. This is my purpose. This is my vision for life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's but cool I to like, connect with you after the workshop, by the way, because I didn't know these things that were happening in your life. So that's oh, super awesome. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, did I tell you what happened at the airport? You like, you alluded it you alluded to it very briefly okay so at the airport i was in minnesota obviously because that's where we <laughs> were <laughs> <laughs> uh and you know in the back of my mind uh you either said this or i thought you said this the people that do this work can are able to like have one drink of alcohol um what you've seen or um and that like 
obviously I, I spun that in my own head like oh well maybe i could have a dream maybe i could and that was just in back of my mind back of my mind back of my mind and i walk into the airport go past tsa and first thing in the airport is just bars 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 shiny you know sparkly things and i'm like nobody would know i'm in minnesota i don't know anyone here so i'm walking around and i'm like well my friend uh, from my 12-step group she wants a uh, postcard so i'm gonna go find a postcard in the airport walking around walking around and there was this woman in the shop where i was getting the postcard that how i met her i was facilitating facilitating a 12-step group and it was her first meeting she was withdrawing off alcohol and just in a really poor poor place in her life uh and i was like is that who I think it is, and I say her name, and I look, but I don't say it too loud because I'm like, maybe, yeah, like I'm in Minnesota, like I don't know anyone here. <laughs> like this is the first time I've been in this state, like, and the person that I was thinking of lives in a different town that I used to live in. So I just said it, and then she turns and she walks out, and she's like, "Wait, what?" And she's like, "Robert." I'm like, "Oh, what is you?" And you know, we talked. Uh, caught up for a few minutes and then I like had this feeling of gratitude so I went and got like some private space and I was in the restroom and like when I was in the restroom in a nice quiet space like this feeling of gratitude like my whole body felt like I was on rolling on ecstasy yeah. like holy crap like that that reminded me like okay if I do drink I'm probably gonna go back and like seeing her doing really well was like really really cool um so yeah i don't know if that makes sense but 100 yeah it, uh, i think that's that's the exact feedback loop that you called in to remind you of the journey that's working for you you know and i think it's important too to distinguish when you say um because i did mention you know i've seen people do some of this work and they choose kind of that different role in their life mm -hmm. and they are able to come out of maybe the addiction and have a drink or two after many months many years of work right mm -hmm. so i think that was very powerful for you to like really trust your instincts and know, okay, there's still work that I can do. And that doesn't mean you have to identify with it as much, right? Mm -hmm. And trust your guidance, trust the universe and trust that moment. I mean, no, no coincidence is there, right? Like you were meant to be reminded like, oh, right. That's why I chose this journey. Yeah. And that feeling you felt in your body was that feedback loop of like, yes, you are in alignment, right? It does feel good to choose sobriety right now in your life, right? And yeah. that doesn't, I think, unfortunately, I feel like there's such a stigma around, um, like, oh, once an addict, always an addict. Yes. Right? It's like, well, what if we just change the languaging and saying, I am choosing to be sober in my life, mm -hmm. not I'm an addict, so I can't do this. Well, on the alternate side, there's different languaging that essentially means the same thing. I just feel like it's a little bit more empowering, you know, because I, I know a lot of people who they don't have the history like you do, but they still choose to be sober and mm -hmm. choice versus I have to, I can't. It's a very different energy in your nervous system. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just waiting. I, <laughs> I like, 
two, one. <laughs> right. See if it gives you a prompt of right. like ask for more time. Like literally the uh not the worst time, but as you were getting into that. So whatever, we'll just keep going. I can edit it later. So yeah. um I'm starting this, I'm help facilitating this movement in Helena. Uh we're gonna do a walk uh march to help uh stop the stigma of mm. once an addict always an addict well. <laughs> uh all right so but we're doing this walk um we're hopefully doing it i think april um because we're both you know uh from the 12-step world and we just are sick and tired of people labeling you know an addict like how would you treat somebody a diabetic you wouldn't treat them the same way as an addict if an addict went to the hospital and was withdrawing like what's that care what does that look like if somebody was in a diabetic shock or whatever the term is there it's completely different um it's a mental health disorder so why don't we label it as that so i uh i hate the stigma because i i no longer identify as an addict or an alcoholic when i go to 12-step groups and i like i really i haven't been going because i don't want to say my name is robert and i'm blah 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 because i don't like words matter the words that we speak matter and what we talk about goes into uh we create our own existence of reality so i don't want to speak something that i don't believe is true in line with my values just to be in a group full of people that focus not always focus on the problem yeah. but a lot of them are still stuck in the problem and i'm like let's talk about spiritual growth Let's about yeah. like bettering ourselves. What are we doing? Like we're given literally the keys to another's life. Like, and we're sitting in a dark room talking about how much we used to drink. Yeah. Fuck that. Like, I want to talk about uh, people. Like I want to be in a room full of successful people. I don't want to be the most successful people person in the room. Like if that's spiritual, financially, professional whatever i want to be the least successful person in the room so i can learn from others and maybe that's selfish but like fuck i don't care one through your growth robert you can serve others it sounds like you're creating a different paradigm for people that is your it's a balance you have to be both narcissistic and altruistic if you have a big vision for people to like detached from that identity of being once an addict always an addict right like hi my name's Mel and I'm you know an addict or a recovering alcoholic or whatever you want to say like what are you affirming to the universe mm -hmm. and I'm not I think AA has served so many people in a chapter of their life mm -hmm. and then like you're tapping into there's a level of but there's got to be something different there's got to be even more alignment for me as a human being who has experienced what people would call addiction or alcoholism right mm -hmm. so i mean i think through your growth journey focusing on your mission that's going to serve hundreds of people right i can only imagine like i have hundreds of people that i would send you right away to do this march and program whatever you're creating you know well not a program just a march to start that but if they want to fly out to helena come on down <laughs> you could march from montana to minnesota you know i know uh my partner in this she would be a hundred percent down to do that what's the i wonder what the distance is what like a 
thousand something miles. Yeah, like that would be a long time. But, that would be powerful though, right? Right. Yeah. That's how you create a movement. That's how you create leadership. You're walking in your truth and other people feel that and they want to join the movement because it inspires them. Do the Forrest Gump. That's what I was literally thinking about. <laughs> that. Start running. Just start right. running. People will go. show up. Resources will show up. The right people will show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, I always thought that, you know, we're talking about the right people showing up the the mentors or influences that i had when i was younger i thought like these are the people maybe they, they did have a purpose in my life uh when i was drinking and using drugs but like i don't now i have the right people in my life and getting more and more of the right people in my life and sometimes when i think that person is the right person they're not and that's okay it's hard for me to detach from that because I'm like so focused, like, no, this person's supposed to be in my life. And then it doesn't, but that's okay. But learning that that's okay. And the energy and the universe is testing me is something new that I can accept. Because it wasn't always like that. Oh, like, poor me, poor me, yada, yada, yada. Bullshit. So. Yeah. And sometimes when we're in those states, it's like, then we, we really feel like we need that person you know even mentors it's like oh my gosh how could I do my life without you and that's the biggest thing I want to instill in people in your audience is find someone who is going to empower you in your own strategies and not put themselves on a pedestal and I think certain mentors can serve right just like when you you don't have the same coach when you played t-ball as when maybe you're playing like major league baseball right it changes that's a valid point Mm -hmm. I like that Mm-hmm. that helps me I mean again I my identity is an athlete and I will always be an athlete in all different forms mm-hmm. and I have had many different coaches so who got you here Sean and Lacey say this you know Sean and Lacey mm-hmm. um, who got you here may not get you there and there's chapters and seasons and I think if you can adopt a perception of seeing life as seasons and chapters and things are cyclical like the moon isn't full forever So how can you embrace every chapter of life? And I think it is kind of more that Buddhism practice of like non-attachment and impermanence. Mm. And that comes back to what you're saying about the trauma bond, right? It can be so, it can feel so good to like, man, I love this person, but then maybe we get infatuated with them. And in their absence, we have another traumatic experience, you know? Yeah. So I'm always very mindful of like the students I teach and clients. I try to avoid creating some level of, dependency on me I want to teach you I want to teach you and like send you off with your wings and like go do your thing you know yeah absolutely codependency that's a (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's the word we were looking for (laughs) yeah and just man uh if I could take a pill to not have any more codependency problems I would do it in a heartbeat but I don't think that's possible. I think I think it shifts, right? It shifts. Yeah, like it waves. It, when I'm not doing work on myself, it, yeah. the wave comes heavy. And when I am doing the, you know, work on myself, it's just the waves are different. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, think of like if you're surfing and or you're like out in the ocean and the waves are really turbulent, you're gonna you're gonna latch on to something or someone mm-hmm. to support you, which can look like codependency. But the more you can learn regulatory strategies, like you can navigate those waves and be like, hey, I'm just gonna place my hand on you for support and stability, but I recognize there's like a distance and a boundary here too, you know? Yeah. That's a I like how you worded that. You're very intentional with your words. Well, I've been doing the work for a while. And if we're going to have people listen to this podcast and listen to you, I think it's important to, you know. No, you're, you're right. I just, <laughs> you're absolutely you. right. I receive that compliment. I'm, I need to practice receiving compliments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just, uh, being or talking to somebody who's intentional with their words thoughts and actions and being congruent with that uh is really nice because people just say words and they don't know what they mean they don't know the meaning behind them they don't know the conjunction behind it like they just are saying words to say it and i'm surrounded 40 hours a week with people who majority of them don't do that yeah and just observing our conversation uh but still being present in it it's just like this is really nice like i you say and or but in the right times that you're supposed to and it's just yes it's it it's just nice so thank you for that yeah you're welcome and i i get that too and i work with clients where similar to you that's not always the reality i'm in either so i think it's important that we're able to be like you were saying with with people who are doing their own inner work and we can learn from each other right like i'm learning from you you're learning from me and tapping into that in your nervous system can be really vital that when you do enter maybe states where there's different people around you rather than judge them you can notice oh this is different and it doesn't align with me and that's okay. Mm. Right. Um, I've also done like a series of podcasts today. So I feel like I'm very <laughs> focused and intentional and also making sure I'm, I'm being real and authentic. If people are listening to this, like it's not a scripted thing. I used to be terrified of answering the phone when I was younger because I didn't want to talk to people and I would end up at family gatherings and hide behind my mom's leg because I didn't want to talk to people. So I've had to work a lot on being intentional with my words and my voice, because for a long time, I didn't feel like I had that unless it was on the soccer pitch or the athletic field. Like I could direct a team very well, but then in other ways, I didn't have a voice. So this work is really powerful and meaningful. And it's an honor to like share this space and time with you. And we only have so many words. We only have so many breaths in our human existence. So let's make it count. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I can really relate to being shy and wanting to hide when even still, like I'm still getting better at it, but if like I wouldn't go to an event or I wouldn't go hang out with people because I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I have no idea. <laughs> I I have no idea. Like what? Uh, 
for example, like at summer camp, I was like having an anxiety attack. Like I'm in a room full of doctors right now. What, what the heck am I going to talk about? It just like stuff like that. Cause I think like, I'm not good enough. I think I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I think I'm not good enough. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, Oh geez. Oh, going to dinner with my girlfriend's parents. Like, what am I going to talk about? How I used to sell meth. Yeah. That's a great conversation. Uh, but now it's just whatever comes comes to mind. I don't have to prepare for anything. Like obviously be intentional with my words, thoughts, and actions, but I don't have to plan out the speech in my head <laughs> and every possible scenario. Well, what if they ask this? And what if they ask that? And what if they, oh, I'm just like, I get so worked up. I'm not in the moment. Right. Not in the moment. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't plan that question in my head. What am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. <sighs> they don't have steak. What am I going to eat? I would just, uh, it's so nice not to live like that all the time. Yeah. Like I still have those moments. I'm still human. I still have stuff to work through. I'm constantly always learning, but it's, it's better. So I think when you can be present in the moment, like, and you don't have to premeditate your words and you can just be in conversation with people, that's where like the magic really is. And you can dance and you can feel connected. And I can totally resonate with what you're saying. Like I was a kid where I had every single answer scripted out because I knew how to play that game. I knew how to like manipulate my parents into having them go on vacation. Like I throw a house party. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew exactly what to say. And, you know, that's part of like learning how to deal with trauma is, you know, you know, control. Mm-hmm. and when you can let go and just be who you are like people love you as just being Robert and when you were talking I was thinking about this meme I don't know if you've seen it but it says you know let's like small talk can be very anxiety driving for people for those of us who have experienced really deep mm-hmm. maybe dark intense experiences of like cultivating our humanness you know, like when we got into the conversation, it's like, yeah, there's some small talk that's like, boom, let's talk about trauma. Let's talk about healing. Let's talk about this. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a little uneasy with like the small talk conversations. Cause I, it's like, what are we beating? Like, what are we, we're just dancing around and like wasting our words. Like, let's talk about like real life shit. Sorry. I had to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I hate small talk. I I really do. Like sometimes I like I do it. Like I did. But oh, how's the weather today? We all know how the weather is today, Tom. <laughs> Shut up. <sighs> you should make a meme out of that. <laughs> like, but and that's that's the thing, right? Because underneath, here's here's my perception of it, and this is my opinion. But I think so many of us really do have a story and we have deep human experiences and we so badly want to connect. And yet maybe we're afraid that if we open up, we're going to get hurt again, mm-hmm. or we're going to get rejected. Or like you said, we're going to feel as though we didn't say the right thing and rejection can be painful. And yet there's so much of us that's way more alike than is different, but we've created these scenarios in the workplace or in the corporate America where it's like, surface level but right underneath there's like all this stuff that is so powerful and cultivating leaders and humanness Mm -hmm. but there's this old model of leadership that's like 
have a great day. Enjoy the weather. And I find myself doing that too. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why did I just say that to that person? Like, this is your life, right? Like the weather is going to be the weather. If it rains, put on a raincoat, you know, right. like let's stop talking. And now here we are talking about the weather, but my point uh, yeah. is, <laughs> my point is, I think so many of us have this underlying wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen, and yet we don't create space and time in the day for it. So that's why I think you doing podcasts like this and hosting people and having real conversations imagining it as though your listeners or our listeners are right at the table with us can be very, very powerful in healing medicine to be like, yes, I resonate. Yes. That's it. Yes. I've been through that. And like, there's hope on the other side, you know, mm, I love that. that would be a great podcast name. Like not your average weather report. Ooh. Not your average weather report. Oh my gosh. I... Well, if you want to do a third podcast, let me know. <laughs> 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 Uh, talking about another podcast, uh, change the energy a little bit. Mm -hmm. You got a project going on. Mm -hmm. I Let's do. Talk about that. Yeah, this has been a project of mine for honestly, I think before my chiropractic endeavors, I have so many different business endeavors I'm into mainly, you know, to empower young women, mm -hmm. um, to empower women it started off with menstrual cycles. Cause that was a lot of my physical healing that mm -hmm. I went through in chiropractic, but recognizing and working with probably 90% women in my businesses that holy smokes, women have women have trauma. So do men, but it felt like we just couldn't talk about it. You know, talking about cycles and how cycles relate to trauma and emotional mm -hmm. intelligence and all these things. And growing up, I always felt like I didn't have people to talk about when it came to like what I was dealing with as a woman it was mm -hmm. like well you do this thing and you know here's sex ed and it was like 10 minutes and that's it yeah. and I want to create a platform and a space for young women and women going into their adolescent years and as we age to talk about things that we don't talk about in the educational system because maybe it's uncomfortable or they don't know the science or they don't know that like pleasure is part of being a woman and like you have a period and you bleed mm. and you also have emotions and you're not crazy so the project linus podcast originally it was just project linus is to really create a space to talk about the things that we don't talk about for women to feel heard and seen and change the paradigm of what we're talking about in the educational system. So it's starting as a podcast. Eventually it will be something bigger, but just like, you know, you've inspired me with the types of podcasts you've done, just having it be more conversational because our podcast right now is very interview ish. And I think we just need to open up, open up the flow, open up the channels and have real conversations of what it's like to be a young woman in the world and perhaps feel maybe guilt and shame and have dealt with stuff. And we don't feel like there's somewhere to turn. And I also desire that for men too, or however people identify Yeah, yeah. it's so important. And that comes back to leadership, right? I don't feel like I necessarily had the leaders that I really needed. So I'm trying to become that leader that my mm. younger self really needed and wanted in life. I love that. I love that. So yeah, it's a movement. It's a, it's called project Linus because when you think about a project, your words are intentional. When yeah. you think about a project, one, 
at least what I think about is it's a work in progress. Maybe I think about getting out your arts and crafts and it can get messy. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes project can denote that it's a group project. So it's not just me. I'm going to have other people on with me as well as guests and not just for men or not just for women, but also men and, you know, however people identify to talk about these things, because I think it's also powerful when men can sit in these conversations and learn how to support that energy for maybe their partners or their sisters or their siblings or their coworkers and Absolutely. then give you permission to do the same and be vulnerable as a man too. Like enough of this men versus women, like we all have, you know, crap we have to deal with. Like let's come together and support each other in our masculine and our feminine. So lioness is cause freaking lionesses are badass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there's more to that too. The lioness energy and what that means. I, I love it. I, I really do. When I saw it, I was like, that's a cool name, but I want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. So when is that a teaser? <laughs> when, when's that coming out? So we're going to do our first episode in October and record some episodes and then launch it in January. So, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, we want to build up enough momentum to where we can drop some episodes because they're going to be a little bit longer. They're going to be a little bit more focused on some science stuff. Also just like the timing of what we have going on with our team this year mm-hmm. and really start the new year off with that. And at the moment, we're currently building out our membership um, for people to join as far as connecting with practitioners, connecting with each other, connecting as humans and just oh, talking nice. about things like this. So that's our current project. I love it. I love it. Well, let me know when it comes out. I will. I'll share it. You'll see it on social media. That's valid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. But I'll text you individually. All right. Like... <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure once that comes out, I'm going to see it everywhere on social media. That's so cool. speaking about social media, where can people find you? Dr. Melkrug at instagram facebook you can also go to my website drmelkrug.com my office is in spirallifechirocenter.com so you'll start to see some different branding there in the next couple months as we've been talking about but i'm very active on social media i am who i am sometimes you see me dancing sometimes you see me lifting weights Um, but often i'm posting what we're up to mainly on instagram because i'm a millennial and in Part of our community membership we're creating is to kind of get off of Facebook because I don't know what's going to happen with the metaverse. So, (sighs) (laughs) the eye roll. (laughs) People are paying $2 million for a digital piece of land. What the fuck? It's interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. What? (laughs) I, what? I just, that's just one thing. And then, what i oh well it's a manifestation of some of our projections right yeah yeah i don't whatever that yeah i mean people go to the metaverse and there's more land and like space on the real planet right i don't know that's how i think about it right i just like what why why are we doing this that's a great question yeah it's gonna be interesting (laughs) episode two (laughs) uh all right well mel dr mel 
Super glad to have you on. Thanks for dealing with the the energy of the technologies and oh, this. Um, I'm glad that we got to do this. Uh, I love always love connecting with you. Likewise. Uh, you are always you are who you are in person and on social media. Um, Thank you. That is it's pretty cool. Like you see a lot of people, they're they they're not authentic. They're not, but you embrace that. I appreciate 100%. that. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. So I don't know if you remember this from last time, but what is your message to the world? I do remember. And can I change it? Yeah, because your values probably have changed a little. <laughs> Who's the coach now? It might be the same, different form, different languaging. My message to the world is when in doubt go within and as above so below and as without so within as say that last part again as above so below and as without so within it's a proverb of essentially like the mirror of the universe okay mm. i like it Everything like is it. a mirror. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that. That just came streaming through my consciousness, so I guess it needed to be shared right now. Perfect. <laughs> That's well, my message. I love it. I love it. 